Peter was, Peter was a goofball sometimes. He would often open his, let the clutch out on his mouth before he put it in gear. You know what I'm saying? That was Peter. Just promising stuff he couldn't follow through with. And here he is, very first sermon preached in the New Testament church, Peter. Why Peter? Why Peter? I've got some revelation about that this week. Here, here it is. You may, you'll probably want to write this down. I don't know. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship here for the next several moments. Certainly good to be back here in the area. You may not have known I was missing, but I've been involved in some revival meetings down in uh, the southern part of North Carolina, and uh, the Lord really moved. But it's so good to be back here in my home territory and to be with you. We appreciate so much those of you that listen in each week, and we encourage you to pray. We encourage you to share with your friends about the telecast. Subscribe to this if you're listening uh, by way of social media in any way, form, or fashion. That would be a big help to us. But the word-of-mouth advertisement and your prayers for the program mean the world to us. I feel that. I sense that when we are... Uh, taping these programs, and when we're editing these programs, it really is needed. We're going to continue on this evening with a message we began a couple of, well, a week or so ago, and it's a part of a series that we began here at New Life not too long ago. The title of the, the series is Acts chapter 15. It didn't take long to name that, and it comes out of Acts chapter 15. Tonight, we're going to be talking about truth makers and truth bashers truth makers and truth bashers and here's what i'd like to say to you about that truth bashers are not friends of god let me show you turn with me to proverbs now our text passage is acts 15 obviously we want to read this uh, marginal reading along also it's found in proverbs chapter 6 verse number 16 and the record puts it this way there are six things the Lord hates. Did you know that? Six things the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable to Him. Here they are. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies. Listen to this. And a man, man, woman, boy, or girl who stirs up dissension among brothers. That's not a good thing. We're going to jump right into this. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person listening in this telecast, and I pray that by your word you would speak to their hearts. Lord, help us to live our lives, to bring our lives in line with who you are and your purpose and your plan for us. Help us to know and understand your word. Lord, I pray you would help us as we try to bring this balanced approach to your instruction. We'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 
Hey, you listen up. If you have your Bibles, grab them and follow along with us. If not, uh, the, uh, the addresses and the text will magically appear on the screen here. One entitled Acts chapter 15. You don't have to fuss with people about that. Watch this. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You don't have to fuss with people about that. You see, the truth will prevail. And you can rest on it. Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. A little later in this same gospel account, chapter 15, verse 14, I love this verse. Jesus says, you are my friends. Y'all are my friends. Somebody tell me if there's a period right there. There's not a period? So he wasn't just talking to everybody? You are my friends if, everybody say if. Oh, that's the biggest little word in the English language. You are my friends if you do what I command. Troublemakers and truth bashers are not friends of Jesus. At best, I mean on a good day, they are rather misled. Do you know anyone that is misled? Misled. Typically, listen to me, uh, New Testament saints. Typically, what mis, how misled plays out is individuals lean into the flesh and what they feel and what they think instead of leaning into Holy Spirit. These ones lean into the flesh and resist Holy Spirit. That's not a good thing. If you lean into the flesh and resist Holy Spirit, you will be misled. Happens all the time. Happens to people right here at New Life Community Church all the time. Lean into the flesh, resist the Holy Spirit, and they find themselves misled. Hey, can I ask you a question this morning? Say yes, or we'll never get out of here. Are you a troublemaker? Are you a troublemaker? Have you been misled? Can I encourage you? Don't be that. The wisest man who ever lived, second to some of you, <laughs> wisest man who ever lived penned these words in Proverbs there are six things the Lord hates seven that are detestable to him verse 18 a heart that devises wicked schemes you understand a heart that devises wicked schemes feet that are quick to rush into evil, verse 19, a false witness, liar, liar, pants on fire, who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. That is not a friend of Jesus. Can I beg of you, don't be that. Be a friend of Jesus. What happened when the misled truth bashers showed up in Antioch. 
be reminded they were clinging to the Old Testament rituals, at least their perversion of it. They weren't getting something. Look in Acts chapter 15, verse 1. Here's what they were, here's their sermon. Unless you are circumcised every week, unless you are circumcised, unless you are circumcised. Actually, what their message, the way this message was coming down the pipe was, you Gentiles must adhere to the customs of we Jews. Now, headed number six on your notes, the one key missing piece of the puzzle for them and the one key missing piece, it wasn't that God had purpose for all of humanity to become a Jew. Aren't you glad about that? That wasn't the, the missing piece. The missing piece was that all persons would connect with God by accepting the shed blood of Christ Jesus. Something that those Judaizers, those Pharisaeos, those separatists had dealt with for generations, but it had not clicked yet. Now, with that, we're going to pick up with verse number 7, and I I'm going to put the skids on it right here, so stick with me. Acts 15 and 7, after much discussion about this misleading, Peter got up and addressed them. It befell Peter to be the preacher again that day. I want to take you real quickly back to Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 14, Acts 2 and 14. I think it's on the screen. And we're told there, then Peter stood up with the 11. The day of Pentecost, fire has fell. People have had Holy Spirit poured out on them. They didn't know what in the world was going on. So Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Listen to this. Look at this. Fellow Jews and, you ever see this in Acts chapter 2? Fellow Jews and all of you who are in Jerusalem. He's talking to the Gentiles. Peter didn't even know what he was talking about quite yet. All you Jews and all of you who are in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Now, I come away from that with this. Peter was, Peter was a goofball sometimes. He would often open his, let the clutch out on his mouth before he put it in gear. You know what I'm saying? That was Peter. Just promising stuff he couldn't follow through with. And here he is, very first sermon preached in the New Testament church, Peter. Why Peter? Why Peter? I've got some revelation about that this week. Here, here it is. You may, you'll probably want to write this down. I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. God had a plan. God had a plan. God had a plan for Peter. Part of God's plan was Peter, the goofball, Peter. How many goofballs we have here this morning? You notice my hand went up first? Come on. I know some of you. Come on. I'm going to stay here to all the goofballs raise their hand. I am so glad that... God had included the goofballs, Peter. So here we are over in Acts chapter 15. Years later, and Peter's preaching, brothers, you know that some time ago, God made the choice. 
God made the choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips, Peter speaking, the message of the gospel and believe. Now, if you want to go back and look at Acts chapter 10, it'll give you the whole background of that. I'm not going there right now. But let me be very clear to point out to you, God desires, and I believe this until, until God shows me different, I'm going to preach the daylight side of it. God desires for all persons to come into his household of faith. I don't care. doesn't matter who you are, man, woman, boy, girl, in church, out of church, in touch, out of church. God's desire is that you come to know him, that you have a personal relationship with him, that you are born again and you are spirit filled. Amen. It's a simple message, isn't it? You'd think after all these years of preaching, I would have developed a more complicated message. It's not going to happen. Peter continued with this sermon. God, look at this, the first part of verse 8. God who knows the heart. He doesn't stop there, but I'm going to stop there for just a sec. God who knows the heart. I feel it's very important to pause here and reflect on this. For just a moment, and to say this to you, whoever you are, God knows your heart. Ooh, that's sobering, isn't it? How many of you have a heart? How many of you are going to take it home with you today? Suffice it to say, it doesn't matter where your heart is. God knows your heart. God knows your heart, and it's at that level that he deals with man. Watch. That's why you don't just have to be here in order for God to deal with you. God doesn't deal with the outside. God deals with the inside. You know, some of you may not have a story of conviction like I did, but when I was 15 years old, I was one miserable human being. Because I was lost and on my way to hell, I could be in the, not only in the middle of uh, some big happening, but usually leading that big happening. And on my, the insides thinking, Lord, I hope this doesn't lead to my death because I know what's going to happen if I die. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God knows the heart. He deals with the heart. Well, look at the latter part of verse 8. God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them, Gentiles, by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. I love this. I love this. Let's take a little bit of time to note the outstanding confirmation that God put forth as proof that Gentiles, as well as Jews, had been included in his plan. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Listen. Look at, look at verse, the latter part of verse 8. He accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. Two things are emphasized to us here. One of them is your last study note. Fill it in, but don't tune me out. God indeed gives the Holy Spirit. Indeed, He does. Holy Spirit is real. Oh, yes, He is. 
And if you want to watch a crowd of people get nervous, just say two words. Watch this. Holy Spirit. Oh, this. Thank you, Lord. Have mercy. He was doing some good preaching. He had to drag up a Holy Spirit and just ruin it. Perfectly good message. Holy Spirit. God gives a Holy Spirit. I have to go back to Acts chapter 1 for just a moment. Now, we've been in chapter 2. I told you about chapter 10. Our text passage is chapter 15. But look in chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus Christ, the one that you claim to follow, the one you claim you're going to live with for all eternity, Jesus Christ said this to the apostles, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Why? Wait for the gift. What gift? We're going to have a gift? Jesus has got us all some surprises. Wait for the gift my father promised. What was that gift? Look at this, which you have heard me speak about. Go back and read what Jesus talked to those guys about. And you'll realize he had talked to them about Holy Spirit. Listen to verse 5. For John baptized with water. John baptized with water. But in a few days you will be baptized another second baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now... I won't do this justice, but I'm just, I'm telling you, just flat out as honest as I can be with you this morning. It's blowing my mind a little bit these days. How many people right here in your backyard do not have a clue about Holy Spirit dwelling in the heart and the life of, of believers? Don't have a clue. That bother you? Now, they can tell you about water baptism. Yes, I've been there, done that. I went under, I come up, I signed the document, and I stood up in front of the whole church. Well, what about Holy Spirit baptism? What about it? What about it? Listen to it. I would be remiss with regards to my calling if I didn't help people understand there's not just one baptism. Preacher, you better have some Bible for this. Well, you know I do. Look at this. Acts 1-4, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. Indeed, John baptized with water, but you English people, tell me something about but. That's a connector in there, is it not? But in a few days, you will be baptized with Holy Spirit. That doesn't involve water. It involves Jesus Christ who is at the right hand of the Father pouring out on the recipient Holy Spirit. That's Holy Spirit baptism. Do you know that work? Can you testify to that work? Listen, I'm going to be very bold and tell you if you can't testify to that work, then you do not understand the New Testament gospel. Well, that ain't what the preacher said at this other church. Well, maybe that's why you're at this one. Tell them folks over that other church about our TV program. We'll help them with this. The giving, this is the second thing. I told you there were two things that were emphasized here. The second is the giving of Holy Spirit is apparently recognizable. 
because the preacher confirms that God gave them Holy Spirit just like he gave it to us. So apparently it's recognizable. Does that make sense? Can I help you here? Please. Beloved, there's the question of the water baptism and the spirit baptism. Those who accept the outward sign, the water, and the inward work, which is Holy Spirit, those who accept that will soar the things of God. And those that go through the first step and they stop at the second step, which is typically kind of how that plays out, and they say, I don't want none of that, then those persons will sour. I'm telling you what I know. Are you with me? I guess you have to ask yourself the question, do I want to soar or do I want to sour? Hey, we got enough sour pusses in the world. Come on and soar with me. Amen? Now watch this. So, and I'm going to close right here. I promise. Sometime today I'll close. So many are satisfied to stop right here and live on assumptions. I'm not that guy. I really like to dig in between the, the words, not to add to, but to understand what's going on. So many are satisfied to stop but I'm prompted to ask you this. Just what is the work of Holy Spirit in the life of mankind? Peter said, the Lord gave it to them just like he gave it to us. It's recognizable. All right, preacher, what is it we're recognizing? He tells us. Look at verse 9. I don't make this stuff up. He made no distinction between us, Jews, and them Gentiles, Read it out loud with me, church. For he purified their hearts by faith. Let me tell you something about a purified heart. A purified heart will stick out. You know someone that lives a Holy Spirit lifestyle, a Holy Spirit walk? You know them? It sticks out, doesn't it? Oh, you can see them coming. You know, you better not say to that person, hey, I'm, I've got something going on. I really need you to pray for me. You better look out because they're not going to take it home with them. They're going to throw down right there. They stick out and they stand out and they show up. They're bound to because Peter recognized that whatever had happened to them had happened to the Gentiles as well. Whatever had happened to the Jews had happened to the Gentiles as well. Their hearts had been purified. Now, I'm here to tell you, eventually, you show up. Holy Spirit baptism. Holy Spirit baptism has more to do with your lifestyle of holiness in this present life than it does eternal life. See, we're born again by faith. But, beloved, we need something to help us live out that faith. And that something is Holy Spirit. It purifies, changes our heart. I love Paul's language. Paul says, all things become, not, come on, all things become. If I say that, you'll expect it out of me. You're right. 
All things. Change is a change that takes place inside. Here's the $64 million question, new life. Are you one of those that's misled, leaning into the flesh? Just talking about some outward experience that you had at some point in time? Or do you know that indwelling work of Holy Spirit? Your heart's been made pure. You have the power of God. Not just a form of religion, but the power of God that God designed for you to have. Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. And let me do so by asking you this. Can I see your eyeballs just a sec? Have you been born again, born anew of the Spirit? John chapter 3 and verse number 7, Jesus Christ said to Nicodemus, You must be born again. And that which was true for Nicodemus is true of every man, every woman, every boy and girl. If you want to spend eternity with God in His heaven, you must be born again, a spiritual rebirth. The good news is anyone and everyone who desires it can have it. That's the way we come to God. Just as importantly for this present existence, let me ask you this. Have you had your heart purified by faith? God's work, God's complete work is not only to forgive us of our sins, our past sins, but to come and to dwell within and to bring to us a, a purity, a heart purity, and a power for life that is unparalleled by anything in this present existence. This is a message, and I must, uh, I must admit this message has been misused and, mis and abused in so many ways, but we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. God does desire to send back His, and has sent His Holy Spirit back and desires to fill you with His Holy Spirit. Have you discovered that truth and are you experiencing the power of the Spirit in your everyday walking around life? How does that happen? The same way we come to, to Christ is the way that we follow through. We come by faith. We follow through with spirit, spirit and filling, spirit cleansing, spirit baptism by faith. I trust you've discovered that full orb truth of God's Word and you're walking in that light. Father, I pray for each one right now that's listened to this program. I pray that they may have a testimony of being born again because indeed they have. They've become your child. And I pray also that they would go that next step and have a testimony of being filled with your Holy Spirit. Lord, help them, each one, to know and understand exactly what you teach about this and what all that entails in our everyday faith walk. We'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we go along, we try to tell you this every week. There's some contact information there on the screen if you would like some more information or you have some questions either about what we've talked about here or just a question in general. And I don't mean a legit question. I'm not talking about arguing because I'm not going to argue with anyone. That's, this is not a debate uh, stage, if you please. But if you have some legit questions about some things from the Scripture that you do not understand, we would love to hear from you. Contact us. You can do that by email. You can do that by phone. Uh, whatever the case might be, we would look forward to talking with you. Well, my time is gone. I'm going to have to get out of here. Let me remind you before I do that New Life has a regular schedule of activities. Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We also have midweek activities. Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, something for nearly every member of the family. And that may just include you. I'm Terry Knighton.
pastor of New Life Community Church. Thanks for turning us on. Thanks for being here with us. And I pray that you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back for you?